everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Welcome along. Uh, season s- 7, episode 30. And on today's show, uh, we have none other than Ian Birmingham, whose testimonial uh, is this weekend. Stalwart of the League of Ireland and St. Patrick's Athletic. He's coming into studio very shortly. And um, before all of that, we have an extremely busy mailbag after what was, as expected, a pretty manic round of games. We are in association with Future Ticketing, um, who have been with us obviously since the start uh, of uh, our journey pretty much uh, as LOI Central. We are in association with Collar and Cuff. Um, Decky, I am planning to call over very shortly. Um, and if I do, like everyone else, you get a free shirt and tie with your suit. And we are all in association. I like how it's always a warning to Decky. Like yeah. De- Decky, as a sponsor, tunes into the show to be, to, to be sort of get predictions of when you might appear. And as we know with you, Johnny, you might, like, you, I used you, to be, you'll be at some stage, but you wouldn't want to sort of set your no. top by it. I used to be a serial, uh, like, shopper and big into commodities and all that. And, uh, it, it, since the start of COVID, Dan, I, I've barely shopped at all. And I went into TK Maxx after off the ball lately for about 10 minutes, max 15. Bought about seven or eight items, tried none of them on. And that was it. And it all worked out. Well, I mean, to be fair, that, that tallies because that means the prior to your trip to TK Maxx, the only new clothes you got some COVID was your well, collar, collar and cuff blazer. Still have it. Which you like... We're, Six times a week. Yeah, we're in a, sometimes in bed. We're in association <laughs> with Rascals Brewing in Inchy Core, and uh, Rocktoberfest is actually closing in. It is on uh, September 23rd, so 19 days away. Go to rascalbrewing.com for full details and tickets. And we will be giving away uh, a prize as well for the Rascals Tour, and we will uh, have another quiz, or another quiz question rather, this week. Dan, we have a busy mailbag and we have Burmo to come, but uh, early thoughts for this week's show. Early, well, I mean, before we go to the mailbag. I mean, you did go to a Guardian United game at the weekend. It's like that. That's like a news story. It's, it's, well, it's not that. Jeez, it's just, it is it's, it's, it's sort of extraordinary that like uh, your, your mate Julian was on to me going, like, Johnny's gone to about maybe three games this season. This four. Game. Was it four? Well, anyway, I think they were, like, it was like one nil, one nil. Uh, and like there's this free scoring Galway United machine just not when you're there. Uh, the first game I went to was the Waterford one nil away, which regardless of what was a massive win. Of course it was. But after that... Really struggled to a 1-0 win over Cove when Lee Stacey gave me a lift home. Um, got to mention Lee's stats later on in the show. He's uh, It was being kind of pointed at me that he's doing very well this season. You probably won't mention him later in the show. Just are they good? There's <laughs> very, no way you're, good. No Lee, way you're Lee, going to Lee, Lee tops the this. charts in terms of like saves in the first division or something like that. Who said that to you? Um, it's been passed on to me probably right. by Lee Stacey actually. <laughs> Theon Intermediary. Say. Lee, I just told you I'd get it in there. But uh, it was pointed, <laughs> out to by, taxi, was pointed out to me by someone else. There's been a lot of upheaval at other clubs in terms of goalkeepers this season. But uh, one that there hasn't been is Brendan Clark, who I've been on to as well about his old mate Burnham on the show. But Brendan Clark going out of keeper. So the other games, I went to one all drawn Bray. Oh, okay. Which was yeah, really was poor. And then the second defeat of the season against Longford. <clears throat> like, and I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to assess this, Dan, in the context of the Dundalk game because, like, I'm looking at Dundalk's attacking talent despite their bad form, and I'm like, this. This standard does not match up at all, but strange things have happened. It it's, it's could just be you. I mean, like, like, I mean, Longford obviously have a little bit of a hold over them. I did watch a bit of the second half, and it was like, yeah. Um, I, I just feel though Galway will obviously adopt a different role when they played on Dock. That's the thing. So, um, and the Dock have shown. I think teams know if they played on Dock. I mean, they've they've played first division opposition um, a lot in the last two seasons in the cup, and and. They've struggled um, against them, or certainly laboured against them. They got knocked out by one last year. So I was thinking um, of this, like, so, say we, we'll talk about Mark Poom's deliveries and Rovers' win. Marcus, Mar- Marcus Poom's deliveries and Rovers' win. 
Uh, Go United have a similar guy with the left foot. And this is the last thing on this. Dundalk probably aren't used to any team playing the way that Go United would play. It's very, very direct. An awful lot of aerial stuff. Does that even happen much in the Premier Division anymore? Not really. Yeah. Not in open play. You'd wonder though, like, I mean, Galway or Dundalk's defensive issues this season have generally been, you know... Around little intricacies. Uh, well, yeah, like a highish line at so, times and yeah. stuff. So The high line won't be a problem. No, it definitely is not going to be an issue for them. Yeah, before we get to the as well, so the... Uh, way game was like went to Longford went back to Galway afterwards but a lot of the there was a bus called the Owlads bus which came from Galway so the Owlads like which is one of the most annoying but occasionally funny WhatsApp groups I'm in because there's like a hundred people in it and you're just brought into a WhatsApp group and your phone keeps getting updates or whatever but they got the bus from Galway to Longford arrived in great spirits I arrived like quite sober but at half time one nil down I'm like geez this is this is a hard watch went in to cross the pitch past Pat Dolan as some other characters. Pat in, Dolan at a goal again. Behind the goal. There we go. At all, does he? Um, I tell you, star columns still probably tipping Waterford to win the league. It's Waterford to lose. He's, he's had some good pieces in recent weeks, so I thought he was quite good on Dundalk going out of Europe and stuff like that as well. Um, but uh, so went in anyway, and you know, you know, and under the under the main stand, they have like. They, it really needs a bar, Dan. Like, it really needs... It was a poor crowd. Like, it's a beautiful pitch. Or, sorry, beautiful little ground. It needs a bar to get people there because, I don't know, there's a disconnect now between Longford... You you mentioned it around the cup tie when... But, like... The, oh, we talked about it. I yeah, it's, it's disappointing because it's be a lovely ground. There. And the people who were there really got behind the team. And Longford, like, it was a great performance, great result for them. They've such limited resource. But anyway, it needs a bar. Instead, it has, like, a kind of a tea room. But it also has, like, the toilets, obviously. So I was just about to go into the toilet. Um, like literally I'd say two minutes after the halftime whistle and out comes John Caulfield I was like what's John Caulfield doing around this area so having not seen John Caulfield since like having not spoken to him at all this season since I kind of was given out last season um, I rather sheepishly kind of put my eyes down and headed into the male toilets as you do and I came out of said male toilets turned to my left and there was John Caulfield and Ollie Horgan having a chat essentially outside the jacks which reminded me that Ollie Horgan, of course, was suspended. John Caulfield having been booked in the first half. So he was in the verge getting sent off as well. So John had to come effectively outside the toilets under the main stand to discuss the 1-0 deficit at halftime with his right-hand man, the much-suspended Ollie Horgan. It didn't make any difference. He made a load of changes, lost the game. Yeah. It was just a, it was a strange size. Like, I hope that was legal and you haven't just out them and got them into trouble, you know? No, like, no, I, I presume not, yeah. Because, <laughs> well, you know, that's last time. You can that. watch the game. Ollie can watch the game in the stand, right? No, no, so, yeah. Was, yeah. He can't no, come into the restroom. Yeah, no, that's it. The, um, the manager could always choose to watch the game. But it's just a League of Ireland thing. Like, every, all, all the punters are coming in out of the toilet and there was John and Ollie the like, lads. what do we do here? Like, this isn't great. You, you know, know once Johnny Ward's after going into the toilet. He's just losing again. Like, well, you know? Once you didn't get involved, yeah. It's a classic sort of thing, all eyes. You probably were thinking, all eyes are on me here rather than you. Oh, no, I'm that not sort of thing you walk into a room no, no. and people are watching. I no, no, say, that's, that's I, a Dan thing. That's I, I not on, a John thing. No, no, no. I was on the bus home. No, no. Uh, I was on no, the, no. the bus home uh, from town last Thursday. Uh, was it Thursday? Yeah, it was Thursday uh, with, with the good wife. And uh, I, I felt bad actually because we like she was good we, we, we were, you know, we'd, we'd spent a lot of the evening talking, but on the phone, we were sort of both on our phones. And uh, just as we're coming sort of Fairview direction, this fella, just as I was getting off the bus, he was like, All right, Dan, what do you reckon about the uh, Robert's Bowes game tomorrow? He was just getting off. And uh, he was like, Yeah, listen, I heard Johnny was on last week about being recognized, you know, so just wanted to give you, <laughs> just wanted to give you a little bit of a taste of it there. It was like, oh, cheers for that, you know. La- last, but, take uh, on, last take in the game, Dan, Christian Magerson, who's had really bad injuries, got a goal, he's flying it, and it's good to see your kids. 
after what did you have? Uh, Metatarsal, ACL tears, yada yada, bright, bright prospect of bows. And that um, battle for the playoffs now, thanks to that goal, is becoming pretty interesting. It is. But let's move on from the first division and go to the mailbag. Typical Dan. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Sorry about that, Johnny, but we did have probably the best Premier Division uh, round of the <laughs> season. So that's the, I was in Longford. Let's do a first division special uh, out of nowhere. Some sunset in Longford. I mean, like the, you, the first division. I mean, Has the sunset on St. Patrick's Athletics title well, aspirations? There we go. Uh, so I, I was actually on a week of annual leave last week. So that's why I went to Talca because the, uh, that fell on the bus. What's that like, line though? Like, you, can, you, can leave, you can check out, but you can never leave. Hotel that's like, California. Yeah, you, that's like you, Dan. You, you, can, you never check out. The Eagles. Yeah. I texted you at like half twelve one of the nights um, about some League of Ireland related issue and you responded. I did, yeah. Well, I had a, but I had a week off. I mean, listen, there was a lot of things on Irish football last week and I was quite grateful to be, uh, yeah. to be honest, to be off work Nicely for, for uh, personal things that were going on. So, um, but on Friday night, I said, listen, one of the conditions, I'm off for the week, but I definitely want to go to a game on Friday night. But clearly, uh, I wasn't going to n- drive to Tala when I can walk to Talca. Um, and I could obviously Climate change. watch the Virgin media coverage later. Actually, on the walk home, I was able to like put the earphones in and listen slash watch cool. the Virgin post match. The goals around the ground, really good, really good. Cool. So, uh, but anyway, um, I did. It, I went out to talk. I really enjoyed it. I mean, the thing about it is, you know, this you live in the press box bubble. You actually see games completely differently when you sort of sit in the in the stands, you know, and uh, you get a sense. Now, I was down in that block, is it maybe block A? It's the part of the main stand that Talca that's generally the emptiest. It's the closest to the away fans. But there was even people in there, like there was a decent enough crowd and a bit of back and forth with the Pats fans and stuff like that. So uh, it was great. And I did get to see, you know, Duffer's celebration. I was I was roaring laughing at, at the time, particularly as he went sprinting. And people see this, like this clip has been watched by 1.6 million people, I no think, at this stage. Way. And uh, he goes sprints off in the distance, but I was trying to my phone out frankly it was too late i got the last few seconds he did i can confirm uh he continued his run all the way into the tunnel uh, and presumably up the stairs why afterwards. did you need to get your phone out because this is something i, I well, kind of well, have an issue thing with is, well, it was somebody is, somebody was going to have recorded it anyway it was probably for the podcast i'd say and maybe it, it, it was, was my it's a funny but thing to be though, honest i didn't when i saw him do the thing in reality i didn't think at that moment oh i need to take like i'd missed the moment but then as he was running off pitch i was like oh crap i should probably like get a get a picture of this you know for but, the podcast but the, i was la- i mean the thing at the time was so funny like it was not if you're a pats fan obviously but did you look can, at the pats when you consider he did a sort of meta point in their direction because of course the context is he got sent off after the final whistle of the, the last meeting between these sides effectively to do with a gesture towards the fans so in Richmond Park so um, now he, I don't think he ended up serving a long ban for that so presumably on a bit like he was going to appeal it so like um, but anyway there was a bit of a follow on but I have to say I enjoyed it more to the point about your original point I've done a Johnny by going on a tangent from your initial question about the sunset uh, shells were very good they were the better side for 90 minutes of the game even before the sunset yes definitely um, now Pat's obviously got a head and that probably impacts on your thinking in terms of dropping off a little bit um, but I mean shells effectively still playing without a striker an out and out striker and in the first half the number of times they overplayed in positions or moiling the extra touch or the extra dribble um, they were they were much better than Pat's if you sort of went in there, you'd be like, who's the title challenger here? You wouldn't be 100% sure. Wow. So, 
Um, now, look, a lot of the psychology of the game, like Pats have had, you know, gone to Derry recently and they've ridden the storm. And I, I, they're probably with Joe Redmond there, they're quite confident in their ability to do that. In fact, they had this thing in the second half, Breslin made this great clearance off the line, everyone's high fiving. And again, it's one of these things like, yeah, they, they're enjoying this, they're enjoying the defensive challenge. But the one thing about the 10 men, obviously, to be fair, it, it obviously made it easier for Shells to move the ball a little bit quicker with the extra man you know like just times in the first half they did a lot of promising attacks that just ran out of steam late on Jay McGregor can't do that tackle on, on yeah. the yellow and then I know it's Moylan but um, it was it, a great finish it was a good so the, 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 in sense of just like an entertainment mm. you know the, the actual feel of the game like I, I was down beforehand just the advantage of like not working um, I met my father-in-law who drinks in a pub nearby Gaffney's and uh, I, I was in meeting his usual Friday club but two of them just happened to be Ch- Shells fans I didn't like, I had no idea he drank with people who were going to a Shells match but like I was chatting oh, well, to them well you know your father I was ch- but I was chatting to them and one of them was like a second game of the season so it didn't go that often but you, you sort of sense that Shells do have this sort of latent fan base that Bobby enjoyed that a lot. Um, and and might come back. Might need, need to come back. Did, did you avoid getting to, the goal as well? Yeah, well, there you go. We'll, we'll touch on that. The mailbag. We actually have, let's move on to some readers' comments because a lot happened last Friday. Jolio, Rory's, Rory Keating's hat-trick at the weekend was a privilege to witness. To put in a performance like that in a fixture that would be forever tinged with his personal tragedy showed remarkable character. We had a few comments about that. Declan Clancy uh, wanted us to quote that all. Michael Parkinson quote, the second captain's one. Um, but, but yeah, the, like, the, I was struck by that walking home. I was like, Murray Keating against Sligo Rovers, the reverse fixture, scoring a hat-trick. I mean, maybe there's not much more we can say other than just sort of like, just to be sort of, to throw out sort of platitudes. But I mean, it's it's just incredible. Like, it's an incredible football sport, life, how it throws out these things. Like the, you know, I'm sure playing Sligo Rovers in his head will always be associated with that event, with what happened to his dad, so that he should score a hat-trick in the next game. And such an important game as well, you know, it's just, that's extraordinary. It had absolutely everything because he's coming back, um, as you say, the Sligo reference, he's now second top scorer in the league. Well, yeah. Which is absolutely, nobody's even noticed. And it's like he's crept up. But this game itself, Dan, you can just imagine, Turner's Cross for me is the most atmospheric ground in the league. I'd say it was absolutely rocking. And the core players... Imagine the feeling of how well they felt after that game because how much it meant to their their mate like after this tragedy and now the fact that this place is rocking. We have a chance here and we've just beaten a, a, a Sligo team that seemed to sort of throw in the towel a bit as well. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, we had a late comment in from a, a Sligo Rovers fan um, who was who was very upset. Um, I'm just trying to put it up here. I mean, we had a couple of comments from Sligo Rovers fans just in general terms about their concern. Um, and, and, and where I, I spoke going. to a Sligo fan yeah. and was suggesting that, like, you know, the body language of certain players wasn't great in the sense that didn't get the impression that some of them were in for the battle here. And that's that's what it has become because the, as, as much as Cork haven't been going great, Sligo's trajectory is really alarming. And you did feel when Max Matter left, is this going to bring the mood down in the place? But not only has it done that, but they're not scoring goals. And you look at the, the kid who gave away the penalty, the keeper, it's like... How, yeah, uh, that's that's inexperienced. Walsh, that is yeah. just, and Connor is a highly rated keeper, but that penalty is so crazy, and it's like this is the sort of thing that happens when you're low in confidence, inexperienced, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Ender Malloy, that was the comment I was trying to find. Sorry, Reese Liger over is a truly depressing season, made even worse by the fact that one of the best players of recent memories at the helm, firing John, would be like breaking up with a girlfriend of ten years. But it's getting serious, and that that's the thing. I, like, I would assume with John Russell, like, I would have a few comments from people, but then. 
when the club obviously make the decision, and it's the club who will make the decision. Nothing to, to do with him about Matter and McNicholas, and I mean, I suppose Keane at the start of the season. Okay, they're always going to go. Well, then. You know, I suppose you have to say to the manager, well, listen, financially, we have to do this. You know, we've decided to do this. Uh, so that probably means then that if you then turn around and sack him, I mean, he can come out and say, well, I mean, we were doing this and that, and then we sold our top scorer and our keeper. So could, I, I, could I go back to as far as, you remember remember the guy that they got rid of in mad circumstances that basically they, they, they were like, we have to get rid of this player, the guy from the ball. Bogdan, Fastuck, yeah. I don't but know. That, that, that was on Russell, though. That, that, was, on that Russell. was on Russell. Now, the, the circumstances, there's actually probably, if not a book, there's a chapter of a book in, in that whole event because, I, as I understand it, it's a bit mad. But you wonder if you track Sliger over since then and then you add in the fact that they had to sell these players, particularly Mata, you're like, John Russell's had to deal with a lot. But this is, he, I'd say he's very, very worried. No, I, I'd imagine so. I'd imagine so. An international break is always worried. He doesn't time. have the experience of dealing with this either. Do you know no, what I mean? He doesn't. No, so, I know. I so know. it's, it's kind of like, and you look at Liam Buckley, the old head. Now, it's not like Liam Buckley's been, his last stint at Pats, they were, they were in brief relegation trouble. But he has the experience. And now Cork have Rory Keating back. And Rory Keating is like, after a hat-trick, it's going to be really interesting, Dan. Yeah, and like, I, I suppose the... Um, yeah, the finishing like the finishing table positions at Liam Buckley at Sligo Rovers were pretty good as well, and that's obviously just adds to it. There's a couple of comments, and not to be sort of moving on from the Keaton thing, um, and to be flippant about it. Like Brian Dorney did have one. What are last season's Rory Keating's top goal scorer backers going to do this year when he wins it in a stronger division? Could do with a support group now again. Brian, not here to talk about our bets, but I was, I am in that group. I was I did have Keaton back to be first division top scorer last year and as every chance is going to come and do because <laughs> I have a couple of brothers at the top including Afal Abbey this year I'm in the Afal Abbey gang I think Keating is a Keating is a proper contender now I tipped up, tipped up his, his stable mate shall we say Tunde because I thought he's going to get goals Rory Keating I never saw this coming I saw him at Cork United I didn't think he was used best at Cork United obviously improved at Cork never saw this coming yeah and he's under contract at Cork but I mean that's interesting it's like a lot interesting because a lot of um I think a lot of Premier Division managers are, are monitoring his form at the moment and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they said an interest in him particularly if they went down I, I, will, um, I will say one thing Dan very briefly Rory, Rory's a good player the defending was appallingly bad here no it was but it was but I, I think consistently across the season he's been good in mm. the context of Friday Fela Moran had one early mailbag I don't, might not feel angry enough next week Oliver Moran's booking of Keating is an absolute outrage any sense of awareness common sense or cop on you had a comment maybe he was looking to soften his cop I have sympathy for the referee so in this I, one. So do I, 100%. It's, it's black and white. It's black unfortunately, and it's black and white. Yeah. And the, the nature of how things are clipped now. I wonder, Oliver Moran's a new enough name who's probably trying to establish himself in the Premier Division. I wonder would a more senior referee who's you know who's a bigger name, would they have taken the risk of not doing it? I'd be surprised if they did, but I, I, a new enough name starting just isn't going to I hope that. Oliver whispered in his ear, Rory, I'm very sorry. Yeah, you can see it. I, I watched, I watched the footage. No, I don't no, think he was looking to soften had to do his cough. I don't you, think you, can't, you can't one, one day say that's a blatant yellow card. This was a blatant yellow card, I'm no, sorry. what happens if, like, and Keating, to be fair, right, like he waited until after his third goal yeah. to take, he didn't know he was yeah. going to score a hat-trick. He probably knows to a degree I can maybe take it now. So yeah. I, I, I'm not with you on, on that one, I have to say. Um, we should talk about, I mean, like Shamrock Rovers and Bowes, although I must say a lot of the comments were more Bowes based than Rovers, low Kev Hoop. Would Bowes have made more of a game against Rovers if Apple Abbey was available? Um, bit harsh. 
bit harsh, but I mean, they did a job and he did have a good chance after Lavi. He sort of fluffed it a little bit. Yeah, it was a difficult um, one, but they should have had a penalty at Neil Ogg. Neil Dagger, uh, very critical of Declan Devine. He's a lucky general. Uh, no defending coaching gone to the club and we're sick of it. It just goes to show how quickly it can, it can change. Uh, I will go back to the point. I, I, I know we had a mailbag comment about it last week and maybe I'm sending smoke because Derry went and done and won and done dock, but I do think Bowes on their travels just aren't as... Uh, impressive a team as they are at home. It could be rubbish, but it was a game where, like in Daily Mount, you see they came from two behind against Rovers and they seemed to find the strength there. Um, but I, just, I don't know. I felt. Just, just briefly on that, then, I, mean, I, I, I mentioned Marcus Poom. I thought he was brilliant on Friday night and he and Gary O'Neill really dictated that game. So without Jack Byrne and all the questions Rovers have been asked, we mentioned Maura Keating. I was delighted for Neil Ferrugia. I mean, if you. Neil. We had Paul Curry on the show here. You're not scoring enough goals. And then you come on and score in the top corner with your right foot. Cop yourself on. Start scoring goals, son. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was like, you know, even the fact that I thought Rovers might go with Clark with the pace, but actually the fact that they still went with the, like, like Finn stepped up and the older dog, they controlled the game and they weren't exposed on the transition that they'd spoken about last week, how they'd lost the ball, they they managed to manage the game. And, and I thought that was um that was impressive, I think, in, in that context. Kotsi Casey, that was strong. Will the utter misery of life ever end? <laughs> well, Kotsi, give him the mailbag. Give him, I'm, give him the mailbag. Well, Kotsi, well, I will say I've got I've got the antidote. Roddy Collins' book, Kotsi. You should read Roddy Collins' book. Because I've now started after Kotsi was on to me, I've started reading it in the last week. I mean, it's a rollicking good read. I don't know what to make a half of it, but it's very, <laughs> very entertaining, Kotsi. So listen, you've been telling me to this. I'm giving you advice. You've got your mailbag, got your 50 euro collar and cuff voucher. Go and dress up in a in a in a shirt and go and get Roddy's book and, and you know what you can find your joy. But I, I introduced uh Tremor Racing recently on a terrible night as a, a new form of misery on TV. So it's uh, Kotsi and I yeah, he, you and for, kindred, kindred starts. Kindred starts. Uh, we should like mention as well, I mean Derry's win. We've no mailbag comments on Derry's win. Very unlucky on Dundalk. We do have one. I apologize. I'm trying to find it now. Um is it Mark McCarran? Can you get your man Doyle back on and have him and Dan discuss the ills of Brian Marr this week again, please? I'd be keen to hear the usually rational thoughts of Johnny. I mean, that's the first time I've heard that sentence in the mailbag. No offence, people generally don't say that. Um, I'm perfectly rational. And how Marr is the best goalkeeper in the island. Now, I will say, what myself and Gary were speaking about was how his kicking was per, like, wor- like basically world-class. So obviously other attributes of his game are going to be holding him back. And the same you could say about any player in the league. You could say Jack Byrne, his passing ability, like elite level, absolutely. Then why isn't he playing the Premier League? Well, obviously, he's deficiencies in other departments. Um, that's the point. But Mar made some big saves. And to be fair, we probably did question his shot stopping, but I think he made some big stops. I mean, Stephen O'Donnell said that was the dog's best performance under him. They lost 3-1. Um, like, I was looking at the goals coming in here, like 3-0, that's a terrible result. Watch the game back. Absolutely not. One more, two words though, Dan. Will Patching, um, yeah. like what's happened to him? Something's happened. I think. I'd listen, I think Will Patching had a, maybe some difficulties earlier in the season, and uh, he seems to be back loving his football again. And did uh, he mean the touch for the what goal was it? I'm trying to think now. The second because he was, he was fouled for the third. I watched all the goals. In the it wasn't quite Dennis Burkamp in St James's Park, but it was like I. I, I thought he was excellent at Daily Mount last week as well too. He, yeah. He, his goal was um, do you know briefly on Derry a player I've become a massive fan of Ben Doherty yeah so dynamic but he's and a great threat to have from yeah. left back now you've seen how it, do you defend against that but, but yeah the thing is but like he's obviously had some great battles with Ferruja this year yeah. who, like Ferruja gave him an absolute roast in one of the games defensively yeah um, but it's, it's I mean I'm, like I'm what it, 
like we, we probably are in a situation now where Derry should win their game in hand against UCD. They're four points behind going to what is effect. Not quite a title decider, but it's probably the, rate, the game to decide if we're going to have a proper title race. Derry probably have to win that or at least not lose it. And, and we'll see. But in I the, think, the, I think the thing about Rovers <clears> was, I look up the Shamrock Rovers games after the Derry game, you feel like, you know, if they if they have the, if they're back in their groove, you feel like they're going to win a lot of those matches. So Derry probably have to win that now. Um, right, a few other comments. People are on about the James McLean. So James McLean posts something on Instagram in response to him and calling the Jordan squad uh, League Two. Like you know, Lil Jaxi, MB Murph, Kev. Did you see James McLean's thoughts on League Two versus LOI? Sub nuggets of truth. All I'm going to say in this is I'll be consistent on this. There's nothing worse in life than people debating how the League of Ireland standard equates to a particular level of the English ladder. I've said this before, said it again. The problem is League of Ireland has different levels within the levels. We have a college team in the top flight who, like who, of course, wouldn't be mapped in the English ladder and you would know where they'd finish in that sort of equation. But we also have like probably very strong teams at the top end of the Premier who probably have a better culture. Um, than some like poor teams and also in England in fact you might have with Wrexham for example last year you might have teams at the top of the conference because their wage structure is different there are there are teams at the top of the conference that are better maybe than teams at the bottom of league two and maybe even bottom of league one some of the so very, it's, it's just yeah, it's, you, wait, uh, you yeah. know we're all gonna we've done this before we're all gonna lie in our deathbed right if we have the privilege to be in that position most people don't but if we have if we're privileged enough to be in that position and we're going to definitely regret the minutes we've spent talking about particular topics yeah. in life. And I definitely feel energy expended on uh, uh, League uh, of Ireland equates to the English ladder is is high up that list. On the on the old blighty though, when the first time I ever and first and only time I ever invested in stocks or shares, right? So I bought like Bank of Ireland shares at a lowish price, and you'd wake up in the morning and your phone would tell you like share minus ten percent, up ten percent. So you're like. Over the course of like basically having a few hours kip, I woke up and I've added 10% to my value. Bohemians kind of went for a couple of hours uh, sleep there at <laughs> half five and they woke up at half seven and they're like, we're worth another whatever. The Evan Ferguson stuff is great. I mean, the fact that they have the clause, the thing about it is, well, people may not, may not be aware of this, that even if they didn't have the clause, uh, 5% of the fee um, goes to his development clubs. Now, the chunk of that would probably, I'm not, I need to study the divisions of that, but like with Matt Doherty, for example, that's how Belvedere and even Home Farm got money, even though we don't need a season at one of those clubs, I think it was Home Farm. So, whatever happens, like if Evan Ferguson goes for 150 million, like Bowes and Kevin's are already in for sharing up 5% of that. In addition to like the Bowes clause, it's just like, it's sort of extraordinary. The, 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 but extraordinary. the Bowes, like, so the, the amount people, the amount people have said to me, fifteen percent, I suppose. Yeah, the amount people have said to me, like, how long did Bose did he did he even play for Bose? Like, how long was he at Bose? Or sure, was he not at Kevin's all his life? And I was like, who says that? Uh, well, you know what I mean. A lot, well, of, no, because the League of Ireland clubs have played, um, have been so badly, badly off. You look at James Coleman as the obvious. Oh, example. I know, but he was Bowser there for a couple of years. People, he, he, people he, were saying he, that just weren't away. He was, but uh, this is going to be Bowser like the Matt Doherty deal, which was completely mad because he got a move, and then his kind of career has kind of gone a bit backwards since. And they got loads of money from that, which they weren't expecting years later. And then Evan Ferguson, who's just probably the greatest thing. I don't know, whatever. Bowes will now have riches where you're like, Jesus Christ, in a league with a hundred grand if you win it. <laughs> yeah, although I think, I, I, I definitely think, right, needs to move, there's though. things I need to move out of the the discussion. It is, it's great for hammering the FAI that winning the league, you know, it's worth winning the league 150 times. I probably should clarify at this stage. Like, if you win the league, you're guaranteed 800 grand because of your way for money. 
it's, it's important it's important uh, it's, it's not pedantic but you have to it's hammer not. home the FAI prize money but you are actually winning the league is now where in the same way the, sorry, FAI, sorry, the FAI cup is going to be worth 450 grand this year to the winner because of the pass you're going to get yeah, but that's what I'm doing. so sorry. I know okay I know okay the piece I'm doing on on people investing in the league which will be out shortly I'm talking to oh, one I'm, this for you. I'm talking to one club chairman he's like sorry you t- you, you impose them so I'm looking at Little Longford and I say that in the nice possible way uh, you know underage teams and all of this and academies were imposing these clubs with virtually no money to do anything like so you have to you do this there's no prize money there's nothing coming from above we've no TV money so I have a lot of sympathy for the clubs as well the FEI have a debt but Jesus it's a hard thing to say you have to have a very good academy here but by the way there is no money at all. And like, so it, it just happens. Galway United might be in Europe next season, probably won't be. Haven't gotten any money in forever, basically. How does that work? The only way they can get money is by selling Alex Murphy. So you think Galway are going to win the cup? It's possible. Don't think they'll beat Dundalk, to be honest. But then they won't win the cup. Then they have to, um, they're going to beat Dundalk, Bows and Pats, are they? In Galway United's, uh, ex- Gal United's existence, whatever, they, the cup. they have never gotten any prize money, basically. Yeah, no, listen, Do you know what I mean? I, 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 so they have I'm to run an is, academy, and they have to bring in, like, underage girls teams, senior women, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, There's I no money. Point, but all I'm saying is the value of winning the league, a, a team who wins the league knows they're guaranteed 800 That grand. doesn't give the FAI a pass. I'm not giving them a pass. I'm you just saying... Did. No, I'm not. I'm not giving them... I'm just saying that people say it's the equivalent of in the league 50 it suggests that they'd have to win the league 50 years to get that money but actually I know no, if they want I'm just being pedantic I, I'm giving the FAI a pass I'm not giving the government a pass in terms of where we're going you're with this because you're giving the government a pass now and not to, so you're giving the FAI a pass you are giving them a pass you can get to a government sub, somebody I'm not, get, I'm not shortly. giving the FAI a pass um, Shells I have a little Shells heading here Dan Byrne a lot of going on off the pitch at Shells in recent weeks added a full time academy administrator full time community officer advertising for full time market executive now partnership with Malahide United certainly momentum starting to build at the club Adam Murphy opinions in the halftime bar queue in Talca um, I'm relating the two I didn't know what that was I actually was walking down and it was a big long queue hourring around the place I was like is this for the toilets I was like no apparently it's the bar queue in fact even there was a moment in the last couple of minutes when like Cabral gets his goal and then Paddy Barrett and the crowd is going like crazy but in, as, as the crowd went a little bit quiet you could hear the sound of like music and it was clearly the band doing a sound check downstairs ringing. so it's like the atmosphere is crazy it's like hang on all of a sudden someone's starting off with a guitar and a drums it's like lads could you leave the sound check this is for the, the little bar under the sand yeah no I didn't I didn't go into it but um, the point is I would say and Dan Byrne's point about the full time academy administrator community officer etc I would say and this is on the I'm, I'm going to base it on very little evidence I've gone to Shells a couple of times this season not working I would say the, the demo graphic feels different to other League of Ireland grounds. I would say the average age of the Shells fan to me feels like it's 30 upwards. You know, now I could be wrong, maybe the far side there's loads of kids running around the place. Maybe there is, but there's definitely less of a sense of you know, you see a Pats, it's full of kids, you know, Rovers, the real family atmosphere. And I listen, you go for I listen, there are there are parents bringing their children to Talca. I'm not saying that they aren't. But I guess what I'm saying is that it's not as visible in other clubs. And I think that's what they need to do to community work because actually there's probably a great potential in that uh, in that area for it to sort of build up. So they they, um, they did have a very young fan base when I was like uh, that was no, and I think that's that, I think that's probably I think they are now the, the, they kids, are the, the, the refugees from that era. The kids are now who went there. to shells in the two thousands or whatever, you know, they're now like my late twenties, thirties, etc. So forties. So Jesus. like I think I think that's clear that there's actually. Pretend, like their crowds, look at the crowds this season at Shells. Like they still haven't had below 
I think two, two, you know, over two thousand territory. But you consider the recent history of that club attendance wise is actually very good. Look at the uh, state of the ground. Damien O'Reilly well. asking was the goal by Eusebius Capal. I could have mangled his name. Must be up there as one of the quickest by a debutant after coming onto the pitch. I mean, I don't know. One of the first League of Ireland I've ever seen where a translator was needed afterwards. It was like one of the, like Pochettino coming to Southampton. It was like now we've really met out when there's a translator. Now I presume there's been some players in the league over the years that didn't speak English. You were in a few Wexford. lads in Athlone. They were probably brought in, but um, <laughs> but there was definitely a sense that uh, yeah, a translator. You wouldn't get like, much English out of Athlone either. Who's playing the translator? Who's playing the translator um, here? Uh, Lee McDermott is Damien Duff the best thing to happen in the League of Ireland the last couple of years. Exposure. Pretty much. I'm sorry, the nice people yeah. when I say it, but it's it's completely true. Um, and a number of people onto us. What should the punishment for fans of be for fans of clubs who try to football onto the pitch to disrupt the attack of opposing teams? We got I'd say around a dozen messages about this. This was a Pat's fans, although there was a reference from a Sligo Rovers fan to a, something in their game, but there was a ball thrown onto the pitch from the away section at some stage to disrupt the play. A lot of messages about that. I don't know what the punishment should be. I mean, it's it's like controlling human behaviour. They can't punish a club because they're away fans. A lot of people ball the pitch. As well. Yeah. Uh, right, God, we might have won in the cup in Europe now. Says Paul Dev. Okay, Byron Martin. Why was Johnny overlooked for the Greyhound Derby? First Galway, and now this. I speculate that. Uh, speculate. I was. I had. I was paid good money to work uh, three shifts at Shelburne Park last year for the two shifts actually semi final and final, but they did three this year. Um, reading between the lines, I did not get that work this year because I slated the operation of the Horse and Greyhound Fund. Well, you're on the right side of history, at least. Uh, Hugh K, did Johnny go to EP, and if so, why not? No, I didn't go to EP, no. I was at one for Electric Picnic, then. Yeah, I know that. I know Sorry. what EP is. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you were, like, kind of looking at me. No, it's always on my birthday weekend, I know. Oh, ah, okay, 41. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. But anyway, that's the point. Uh, no, I didn't go to EP. Um, a lot of people at the Wolf Tones. Yeah, see that. Yeah. See, um, yeah. I, I spoke to Shane Keegan coming out of... Uh, they weren't singing Ooh Ah Up Vera <laughs> as some people tried to play. I mean, everything that's happened since, one of the great defences of all time. Oh, oh, Maybe they were singing oh, oh, Ooh Ah Up Vera. And yeah. I think we know that the Irish Who players... Who weren't? History has told us the Irish players probably weren't singing about Vera <laughs> in the dressing room after the game, to be That clear. would have been a lot worse. That would have been a big story the now. The IRA. Um, um, what was it? Oh yeah, Shane Keegan leaving <laughs> Leaving the leaving that, the that is a joke. That, to be that's fair. a joke. Um, Dutch sense of humor, I'm sure. But no, as Shane Keegan leaves the radio Saturday, he's like, "Yeah, I nearly go to EP," and he, I was like, "Who are you going to see? Who would you go to see? The Wolf Tones and the Saw Doctors." It's like for fuck's sake, the retro, Shane. retro. Jeez, like I mean, like this man, the Water Boys should be up next. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he does have time in his hands. He's like, I don't need to go to your game in Longford now because I can watch it on LOI TV. It's saving me time here. But he was going to, he was going to go to because he's a leash man, Stradley, blah, blah, blah. He's going to go down to watch the Wolf Tones. And with all due respect, Saw Doctors, I like Saw. But like, shabby, shabby from Shane. Shabby, shabby, shabby work. I think the aerial view of being in the stadium is better than the LOI TV first division coverage, Shane. If you're in here scouting off that, yeah, I'm surprised you're poor, doing that. And well. thanks for the message, um, Lee Stacey, Shane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shane Kennedy, if Derry win the league, Shell's got third or Drogs end up staying seventh. Which manager would deserve manager of the season? Higgins, Duffer. There's too many ifs and buts and clauses yeah. and they haven't happened yet, Shane. So John I don't know. Caulfield. Christopher Miles, is Kyle Robinson's goal up there with the best in the history of League of Ireland? Oh, the kids. Oh, I want to see a replay. Did <laughs> it take a clip? Did it take I a did, clip? I only saw it once now. Did it take a clip off of you, Sleelam? I'm sorry, Kyle, if that's not the case. I, I saw uh, it Kyle. Just goes, show, it doesn't matter. You can't, the one ground in the country, you just can't score good goals and draw it. And it was Chris, Chris Forrester, yeah, the other one end. One of the greatest goals. Ian Birmingham will be in, he'll tell I, us about I, that I goal. Said, I said it to, just looks uh, appalling and draw it. I saw a bit of Kyle Robinson playing underage for Pats and I was like, this lad is a big, big uh, future. Um, and finally, I was vindicated. No, but I hope it works out for him. And draw it 
yet again, just pulling away very readily from the relegation battle. What yeah. a goal then. Goal of the season, possibly. I don't think so. No, Instagram. No, no, I don't. Jim Instagram, would it be a good idea to bring back more Saturday 3 p.m. kickoffs? Jim Instagram, I think you've sent us this message every couple of weeks. Uh, same answer would be no. We're getting good Friday night attendances. Maybe some first division clubs could try it. The, the live TV game would be the interesting one. Yeah, but not Saturday 3 p.m. Ronan Keane, uh, Thursday night for me. Ro- Ronan Keane, mm. honest opinions, he will stay up. Should the first division club be in the promotion playoff final be confident against the Premier Division side? So I'm not sure if they can. Waterford's form has been flaky. I wouldn't be too sure about that. I'm going to keep rolling on here. John O'Connor is a question with the next transfer window. Who do you see leaving the league? Broad question, John. We'll try and get back to that one again. I mean, the likes of Moylan will go. Sam Curtis will go. Um, interesting, interesting to see like Afalabi, what type of interest players like that. Strikers. Yes or no, Moylan, Good Friday. Oh, yes. Yes, you have it in your head about Moylan. Like, uh, no, no, I, I, I think he's class. He excellent Friday. Um, is Smith on shot? Two, how good is stuff for the league? Bo's penalty shouts, didn't even talk about them, deflecting how bad they are and letting staff... I mentioned it. Letting the staff and the director of football off. Why are you having to go with Fenland? This is a dairy fan having to go with Fenland. I think he's a very good appointment for director of football. Uh, all not well at Shamrock Rovers. Uh, makes reference to some off the field stuff, the AGM. I'll come back to that again. Although mm. I don't think the AGM was as inflammatory as people thought. Mm. Mark Murphy, after the Brexit talk of last week, three League of Ireland prospects went to clubs in the continent. I think European clubs will replace English clubs taking Irish talent. Listen, we've had this before to a degree, Mark. I think more will go to Europe, but not as many went to England. So, yeah, it won't be for everyone. Oriel Express, should the dog just focus on the cup going forward? Absolutely not. That's sort of a peak six. Let's concentrate on Europe and forget everything else. Um, no, no, definitely not. But obviously, I think in the club, they'll know that's the one they can win. And Kevin makes reference, not enough credit being given to Stephen Henderson this season. Season was dead. Now, baiting on the door for the playoffs. Thing is, the first division just seems... Every, it's mad. Everyone's in, the, in contention for the playoffs still. But in fairness to Stephen Henderson, probably inherited a job that other people didn't fancy. Um, 100% and, and they've and, beaten Galway twice and they've, they, they've done very well now before Ian Birmingham comes in we're going to do our quiz business last week's question was uh, can people name the last Shamrock Rovers top scorer and what year it was Gary Twig in 2012 which 2012 to me was a surprising one because that was Stephen Kenny's season and still Gary Twig ended up in top scorer even though for Rovers themselves it was a pretty miserable year the winner Johnny was the winner was Quavon O'Connell who's from a famous Galway United family got that right Rascalsbury tour for him and I should mention yeah, Cotsy Casey the, the 50 euro voucher from Colorado Cuff is yours I came up with the question this week yeah, it was Johnny's my, question it was my turn to shine um, the question this week is and it, it's one which will soon make sense Ian Birmingham played in that game in Tala when uh, Ronaldo and Benzema and so forth came and played against Shamrock Rovers who was the manager of the opposition on Re- that it occasion. was Real Madrid you can, you can say it was Real Madrid who was Real Madrid manager? What year was it? 2009, maybe? It was. You're correct. Give Let's us the name get of the manager. to the star of the show that day, who kept Ronaldo scoreless, Ian Birmingham. That that performance against Ronaldo, um, not bad for um, one of your former teammates uh, told me to describe you as a solid fullback. Apparently you're not a fan of that. No, I don't like that word solid. It's solid. What, what was Burma like to pair? He was what, solid. What, what former teammate do you reckon did that? Now, to be fair, people listening to the show already, <laughs> know, already know who it is. Because Johnny po- said earlier on. Yeah, well, said he hates when anyone describes him as a solid fullback. Sorry about that, Clarky. I just don't like that word solid. It's yeah. just... Solid. Bang what, do, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? Does that mean... Bang average. Yeah. How good a keeper is Clarky, actually? Excellent. Technically, like... His passing is, is outrageous, like, but um, yeah, no top quality keeper. 
one of the best that I've played with. Brilliant sign. I was just looking at your Wikipedia page Don't earlier. It looks like you did a lot of it yourself. It was like, kept Ronaldo scoreless and all this stuff. I was like, who wrote this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I was Johnny, like, you just introduced him as keeping Ronaldo scoreless. He was, he was linked with moves all over the place while at Pete Mann's UCD in England. I was like, I didn't know any of this stuff. Is any of it true? Did you ever look at your Wikipedia page? What does it say? Um, hang on. Go ahead there, Dan. You can ask him something. We get it off. Well, I think it's, I think it's just ironic that we're, like, we have you in this week because your testimonial is on Friday. It's a Friday, isn't it? Yeah. Saturday. Saturday. Apologies. It's Saturday in, uh, in Richmond. Very important clarification. And it's actually funny. Like, played 452 times for the Super Saints, as the Pat said. And uh, we start off with talking about Shamrock Rovers' appearance. You know, you still, you still, that still gets brought up, even though, like, I'm sure, I don't know, in your mind, if people met you and you know and said, "Well, what you know, what think of your your career?" Would that actually come up as much in your head that Ronaldo experience? Or are you thinking of all those hundreds of games for Pats and leagues and cup? Well, yeah, yeah, you know, a league and a cup, you know. Yeah, all the the Pats memories. I suppose it's when two cups people like. that aren't invested in the leagues or that don't watch the game. That's what would come up. Like people would describe like, "Oh, he's the one that marked Ronaldo." Like you can deal put bring up pictures or bring up you know what I mean stuff like that but um, now when people describe it's it's always about Pats winning the cups and winning leagues I suppose you know the way like you, your social circles and in, in when you're involved you kind of get them involved did you ask Ronaldo like any interest in taking the leg of a horse like because it would have been <laughs> it would have been good to bring him to like Mallow or down Patrick or something like we're, you know. should we clarify we were talking off there about the fact that people may not be aware of this that Ian Birmingham was involved it's on his Wikipedia page oh, it's actually on his Wikipedia page. as well as your racing interest as well as the fact that you were linked with uh, Stockport County and Gretna Stockport were rumoured to have signed him but he ended months of speculation by signing a new contract this is at UCD I think is this true? yeah there we go this is back in 2007 give or take pre-Ronaldo yeah I think that I think uh, Jim Gannon was the manager and they tried to sign me um, I can't remember what, when it was what year but they tried to sign me that year um, and I stayed with UCD then the following year again um the first time they actually, I think they got promoted. The one I think Gary Dicker was playing for them at the time. They got promoted that year, um, the year that they tried to sign me, and I didn't. I didn't go over. But um, why? Why? Listen, around that time, I just wanted it. I was, I was comfortable. I was happy. I suppose, um, and I didn't really want to go away. To be quite honest. Um, wow. But a couple of years later, then obviously, um, I, I would have definitely probably gone, um, but. And I was probably playing the best football that I that I played. Um, and I, I, I find that mad, Bermo. Like you're offered a, a you're a young kid in playing for UC Stockport County, come in Irish manager, and you're like, I'm happy here. Yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't just didn't want to go to be honest. Um, and uh, I made the decision that I didn't go. The, the next year, then they came back in again, and I went over and played a game. Um, we actually played United in Carrington the under whatever it was, 23s or 21s, whatever it was at the time, the, the twins, the Raphael, Raphael was it? Oh, yeah, and yeah, Fabio yeah. Silva, Fabio, was it? Yeah, 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 they, yeah. They, they played in the game and uh, there was a couple of others. Uh, actually, Brian King was over on trial at the time. Wow. You know, he was at UCD as well. He was over there as well and played in that game. And um, again, I was, I was just, I was happy enough at home, I suppose. Homeboy. <laughs> yeah, comfort mm. zone, I suppose. <laughs> mm, that's, I suppose it, it is one of those things that thinking of like of a, uh, Stockport, like Paddy Madden's there at the moment. Who would have started off probably in the league a similar enough time to you? Or, yeah, I think or, he was just a little a couple of years after. A little, little bit more so after you. Um, and like he, obviously he's had a great career as well. But I, I do sometimes think the likes of yourself and uh, like, like Ronan Finn as well, yeah. who would have been there. Like 
you'd, you'd obviously have players who've gone over and maybe played like now Paddy Mann actually is, is an exception he's had an incredibly successful career mm. but maybe the lads who've gone to England and played like five six years over there but drifted away completely mm. versus someone now who has a lifelong association with a club that you've played for you like you know uh, it's it sort of people have this definition of making it people are making it in football that he make it you know, and I always say, I think if you make a living from the game for the entirety of okay. your, you know, 18 to whatever, 34 or 5, I think you sort of have made it. Okay, there's obviously levels of yeah. making it, you know, you've, you know, and, and clearly some players are better set up for when they finish than others. And I completely get that. But there's something about staying in the game for that period of time, which you must have some pride in. Yeah, I, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't go back and change anything. Um Say, say, make it like all I wanted to be was a footballer. When every kid wants to be a footballer, mm. I was a pres- professional footballer, so like I classed myself as making, I suppose. Um, yeah. But now I had a, a great career, and I wouldn't change. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back and go. Oh, I probably would have went. I should have went. Or not a chance. I'm so delighted. you, you, you didn't go to England, and you, that's not a regret that you didn't give it even a try. That's that's very interesting. No, like obviously, as the years went on, and probably. 12, 13, 14, around them times when I was playing, probably the best football yeah. that, I, that I've ever played, I suppose. Um, I was sort of like thinking maybe I might get a chance uh, at the time, but obviously it didn't come around, but it's not something that I'd look back on and go, oh, jeez, I wish I went or anything like that, because ultimately I've, I've had, a, as Dan said, I've had a lifelong association with, with, with Pats and um, I've won trophies, I've made some great friends through the game and Again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change. The there's some the there's so something to be said. Very briefly, there's something to be said for living in your home city as well, like living around your own people and playing professional football in your own country, which just wasn't a thing. Yeah, and it's like Pat's is like I, I drive down. It takes me five minutes to drive down to the down to the ground, and it's mad now. Like I look at the crowds now, and I'm probably getting more um, more attention now that I'm retired. Like the kids, the amount of kids from Ballyfermot are going down to the games and stuff like that, and. Um, it's it's brilliant. Like and again, it's it, I'm down the road. It's again you're saying like in the city. I'm just literally five minutes away from the ground. Like I I grew up in that. I grew up in the heartland of the Pat sort of fan base. Um, and when I was playing, sometimes it's tough when you're when you get beaten or whatever. You're sort of going out, maybe walking down the road or going to the shop. And oh, I was just going last night and stuff. And yeah, oh, I'll be you know, whatever. Or then obviously the, the the flip side is when you win or whatever like that. You're like you're a hero then. Mm. The irony is that I, I think a player in your profile coming along now would actually have a better chance of a move when they're a bit older. Like I think when you were say 2012, 13, 14, it was quite unusual for players of your age yeah. to move at that stage. And the whole Brexit picture now means like you see the likes of sort of Rory Feely and mm. and sort of Kieran Kelly and these lads even going to like these moves are happening a lot now. Yeah, they yeah. weren't really happening no. in in your stage. If lads were either going high up the ladder and the younger lads, but once you got to a certain age, it felt like that yeah, was. That, it. I think that, that was yourself and like Jer O'Brien and come back in time like Owen Heary and all these people probably good enough to play at a level, but just once you got past a certain age, yeah, you were no, sort of done. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think the clothes were looking sort of, I don't think it was really that much of a market over here, I yeah. suppose, where the, now it's phenomenal how like, all the moves the, the lads are getting, the kids and stuff like that, and some like, obviously you see like, James the Banker going over to European yeah. teams, obviously with the Brexit stuff, but, um, no, again, it's, Back then, I wasn't really, there wasn't that many moves, lads making moves across the water. And again, as you said, when you get to, I don't know, 24, 25, it's sort of, it's like the boat has gone. Like, yeah, you know, that, yeah. that was the sort of vibe, I think, around the league of time. Whereas now, like, there's, there's lads going over when they're maybe mid 20s sometimes, you know. But, um, yeah, no. But as I said, I, I wouldn't change 
bit of world. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, to know, of yeah. Yeah. So tell us what's going on on Saturday then. So just to, to give us the yeah, pitch so, before you forget. Um, Saturday, obviously the testimonial. Um, it, it'll be a Pats Legends team against a League of Ireland Legends team. Um, be at three o'clock in Richmond, and uh, yeah, no, looking forward to it. It's getting all a lot of lads that I've played with um, back together, I suppose, and have a bit of crack. And so, go on. Who's playing? Who Who's on the list? So I know it's probably it's like it's like having a party. It's like yeah, you have people in, but yeah. then you're like, yeah, you so text on Friday yeah, night yeah. or something. Yeah, so, um, how are you going to keep scores? <laughs> so we have uh, for the Pats team um, most of the lads from 2014. So I think we've got. Barry Murphy and Barry Ryan are the two keepers. Um, Jared O'Brien, Kenny Brown, Connor Kenna, um, Greg Bulger's playing, uh, Killian Brennan, Conan Bourne, Jordy Balk is coming over to play. Oh, very good, yeah. Um, Greg Bulger wouldn't want to get injured, though. No, I know. He'd probably <laughs> only play a couple of minutes. Um, but uh, who else have we got? Dave Mulcahy, Conan Bourne, Christy Fagan. Um, Dave Mulcahy was friends. Eddie Gormley. Yeah. Eddie Gormley. Eddie Gormley. Probably still won the game. Yeah, mm. Trevor Malloy. There's a lot. There's Jordy Bell's an interesting one. Yeah. And that's cool. Good yeah. night out as well in that yeah, team as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the other side, you have uh, Derek Pender. Matt Gregg is going to play in goal. Um, Derek Pender, Jay McGuinness, Mark Quigley, Gavin Pearce, Danny North is coming over to play. So it'll be, it'll be competitive, mm. no doubt. But uh, no, so, so, some good players. And um, How would you price it? I was only chatting to Carl in the office the other day and... Um, I'd make Pat's favourite, sir. Would you I think so? But uh, if you're the kind of local, sort of like you've got your back of, for there's, a bit, um, of there's yeah. a bit of youth, and the, like Connor Clifford is playing for the for the, for the other team as well. There's Key Tracy's going to play with them as well. Oh so, man, there's some going with some good ballers there. So, yeah, so I'm sort of ahead of a five sides. Mm. I'm sort of in between whether I take Keith back onto the Pats Legends team, <laughs> you know, just um, to sway in their favour. But uh, Bermo Bet is offering uh, ten to eleven on. Um, on the path select and I don't know. Oh, do there you, you go. Yeah, and there's, yeah. there's some charities are going to benefit. I think. Is yeah. So, um, charity Orchard Running Club, um, Ballyfermy United, uh, the youth section, and uh, the Saints in the community. Uh, Brilliant. Noel Cully. So that's great. No, I think we we encourage people. It's a weekend off for going to games for a lot of people, so it's not bad. We had a message about Saturday three o'clock games, so we can probably test that. That Get you ready for the Dutch game on Sunday. Yeah, well, there you go. In your job at the moment, so you're football partnership manager at St. Pat's. So t- tell us what that is. Yeah, so basically, obviously, we've got the partnership now at Cherry Orchard, and um, I went in there last year. Obviously, it was it's a new, it's all new to me, schoolboy football. So I sort of went in just to get my feet on the table a little bit, just learning um, off the lads up there. And so basically, we've we've put on a lot of events, like trying to educate the coaches. Um, Obviously, bringing the, the players over to to Blanche over to the academy and putting on sort of nutrition talks and stuff like that stuff uh, stuff for the parents. Um, but this year now I've gone in with the Tortians who will hopefully uh, a couple of the lads will go into Pats next year. So I've gone in sort of uh, full time with the under Tortians. So I'm coaching them on the pitch now, and um, I'm really enjoying it. So, what, what, so this like? is your jo- this, is, yeah. this is your job now. Yeah. This is your full time yeah. job. Yeah. What what, what? What's it like coaching under 13s when the Pats underage team has been so elite at an early stage in Ireland? It's mad. We, we play it Saturday and uh, so we play it Thursday um, and we were, we were excellent the way we played and just the stuff that we had been doing on the training pitch was you could see it coming off and I was absolutely buzzing off it. Really? Uh, yeah. So that then, must be a nice feeling. Yeah, but then, so this is where, so then on Saturday then we played and it was like chalk and cheese from Thursday to Saturday and I was sort under of pressure? Little, I, was, <laughs> I was sort of a little bit annoyed but Paddy Nomanjo, he says, just, you have to have patience with them and I have to realise that they're kids as well, they're going to, you know, so it's uh, you have to have patience with them. But I'm really enjoying it. Um, 
it's great again as I said when you see stuff that you're working on and you see it coming off on the pitch and stuff like that but again as, as Paddy had alluded to me he's like you need to have patience with them as well what are you working on though with under 13 how do you mean like is it like is there actually a tactical aspect to it or is it yeah, skills well, obviously patterns of play and stuff like mm. that and um, listen a lot of the kids nowadays are really well coached so like the football intelligence is good so you, mm. can, you can actually work and stuff with them at that age obviously when they went to Pats then it's, they have to step up a level so basically we're trying to get them ready to that when they do go in there that they're, they're sort of up to scratch straight away you know mm. Mm. like how was finishing up football like that's always the the, the question we have people in, who've retired in here you, you have that void I mean it's great that you've gone back like you've you're now still an employee of the club so I guess yeah. you haven't had that sometimes people are sent out to fend for themselves in the world it's been a little bit different for you but I yeah. guess still you miss that I guess that structure in some respects or maybe has this helped to replace it like what's it been like I'll be honest I it was in my head a while that I was going to, like again, I, I've alluded to already um, in previous interviews and stuff that I had thought about it after we won the cup, like what better way to go out. Um, mm. But it was in my head a while and like the structure, obviously you've got, you're, you're in every day, like it's mad. I, I, when I come out and I want to look back, like I was in a bubble for like 16, 17 years, whatever it was, like structure to my life and mm. I knew what I was doing every day. But now I'm sort of, I'm free, I can do, I can do what I want, like and... You know, so it's. I've, I've, listen, it hasn't hit me yet, I suppose. As well, I hope it doesn't. But you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying life. Um, it coincided with becoming a dad as well, just before. Yeah, that, yeah, so, yeah, great. It's like, I don't know. So it's it, it's different for me because I was I went out on my own terms. Um, mm. Maybe if you got if I got an injury and I was I was it was my career was cut short, it might be different. But no, listen, oh, I knew it was time. Um, and I. I Listen, I'm, I'm delighted the way. Listen, I'm, I'm loving life now, and uh, you're happy. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. happy. It's it's great. Like uh, again, I'm, I'm obviously still employed by the club. I'm enjoying coaching. Um, listen, I don't know what I want, whether coaching is going to be the long term. Listen, we'll see how it goes. I'm not saying I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to be a manager. Listen, I might fall into something else. It's just mm. I'm enjoying what I'm doing at the minute and see where that leads. But now uh, finishing up and. Uh, sort of easy enough I suppose I, I look back on probably five games when I say finished up like so I, I finished up maybe um, this time well, sorry the mid-season break last year even though mm. I was still training and stuff like that but to me I was finished up and it was good that I know people might say that the last year was sort of but it was brilliant for me um, I was able to wean myself off it a little bit because I wasn't I knew I wasn't going to play from the mid-season till the end of the season so I was able to wean myself off it uh, gradually you know I went in trained every day and worked hard and, and, and helped the lads but I was able to to wean myself off the game so I'd say from from the mid-season last year to now probably five games that I've sort of went geez I'd love to be out there mm -hmm. so I'd say the more the game I think that I think the Dundalk game was the very first game after the mid-season break last year and I was sitting in the in the stand and I was like fuck I'd love to be out there mm. then I think we played more at home and I was like oh, I'd love to be out there and then that was it for the last year then this season, probably dirty balls and rovers at home. I was like, God, I'd love to be out there. Did but you feel you couldn't kind of force yourself back last season for the swan song for the last second half of the season? Or were you kind of, were you know, in your head, you were kind of, I guess, struggling? No, well, I wasn't going to play. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to play. Okay. I was told I wasn't going to play. So, okay. so okay. that was... What was that like? Um, Did you still feel you had something to offer as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But listen, that's football. Again... I wouldn't change anything. I've learned so much and I probably learned more in the last maybe three to four years than the rest of my career. Why so? 
Um, probably with Stevie, learned a lot. Um, both like tactically and stuff like that, and, and in terms of how to play the game, and um, and also off the pitch in terms of how to create an environment and, and different things like that, and standards and stuff like that. And then obviously, I w- I would have watched a lot then when I was sort of told that I was going to be. I watched a lot, and um, yeah, I just learned. I learned a lot, an awful lot. In the last in the last few what, years, what do you make of CV? Because like um, at the moment, Dundalk, uh, their seasons some some somewhat looks like it's hinging on the cup now. Um, but you can see, I suppose, what he's trying to do, and like his his time at Pats was very very successful. Yeah, listen, all I can talk about was when when he was when he was at Pats and like about on on the, like we were. I loved it. Like it was probably one of the most enjoyable times of me of my career. Like um, and. It was mad because when he first came in, like I wasn't, like he, he probably didn't. I don't know. He didn't fancy me like the I suppose Griff played a lot, but he had us all in in a sort of mentality that like like we I was going out training like a demon every day, to, and I was all in like hopefully I could get into the team. Like so, I knew that if Griff was, I don't know if he was going through a bad patch or he wasn't playing well, that I was ready to go in. Then I thought I knew like if I had to went in and sort of just oh, fuck, I'm not playing like and just mm. didn't train properly or then I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have gotten a chance, but I think we all had that mentality. We were all pushing each other, and it was it was healthy competition. It wasn't as, like we, we were all pushing each other. So if I was playing, Griff would support me and vice versa. Like so, um, I knew that, and he had told me he was honest. He said, "Look, if you train well and you get in and you, you play well, you'll stay in the team." Like and ultimately, I did. Like um, so, and in the COVID as well, sort of we were able to sit. I was on the bench and but I was learning a lot because he would work, he, was, he was working stuff and in terms of like say tactical stuff on the, on the pitch and I think when you're sitting on the bench or when you're sometimes you don't see it whereas we were sitting in the, you couldn't sit on the bench or whatever the way yeah, it was. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so we were sitting in the stand and you, you could see you could see the stuff that he was working on you could see now sometimes the players Warden probably didn't see it on the pitch, but I could see it in the in the stand and like sometimes and like I was like you could hear like I'd be roaring onto the, I don't know, say I think say Roddy Feely was like, trying to drag him like into the position good or whatever, you know, like different things. But you could see what he wanted what he wanted and like I could see if because we were able to sit up and I was able to watch the game like in a, a sort of say like a coach, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, no, it was it was really good. You were, I'm guessing you were sick then when he left. I mean, that was such a weird week for everyone at Pat's, how it all sort of played out. Yeah, listen, I, I don't know the ins and outs of, 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 of anything. Obviously disappointed and listen to the team then, whatever happened to a team sort of was, was broken up a little bit. Um, yeah, no, it was good because I, I felt I felt we were we were pushing. We could, we could have went on and challenged Rovers even more again the, like the following year and it was really disappointing, I suppose. And, Listen, I don't know the reasons why he left. Or, like, I can't comment on it really, to be honest. Um, but it was disappointing. Um, football. It is football, but but still, like, I don't know. It's just uh, like we were building something really good there, and again, I don't know the reasons why he left. I, I can't, I can't fathom why he did leave. To be honest, like he had a good team there. I think we were building something really special. We had just won the cup, um. So listen, only he knows why he left, but. It's sort of like obviously we are good that he went, but again, as you said, it's football. But I still don't see the reason why. I, I think some people would say Dan as well that he's coming into Dundalk and he had a tie there, but he's at a time now in Dundalk where questions are being asked. Well, about like people wanted to go to the club, the facilities there, and everything else. So he did give up something good, as we know. 
Yeah, no, no, listen, we're, we're, I don't think we need to analyse the O'Donnell move again. It's just, we're, we're talking about Bermo's career and how it happened, but... Uh, yeah, it was an amazing time, though. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, it was, it, look, like, there's still a, a certain emotion in the Pats and Dawkins, but I always find it's interesting. Clearly, I completely understand why the fans give an absolute pelters when he goes there, but I always find it funny that the, the staff and, like, some of the ex-players, they all seem to actually still get on reasonably well if you know yeah. what I mean like they're not mm. sort of uh, it's always the way like you have football and you have the fans and the feeling um, but, Stevie you know, doesn't mind that either no but like you know you see like Stevie and Padge Craig when they're in Richmond Park after the games they're not being chased out of there by their but are people on the opposition side, mm. but clearly the depth of feeling with the fans is very strong, as you would expect. Mm. Now, you know, I'm conscious like you're, you're a Pats employee, so, um, you know, we're, t- we're talking to you about Pats in general this season. You're obviously, you're a part of the club, but in general terms, I mean, I think it's clear you probably didn't have a terrific relationship with Tim from what you're you're talking about there, but what has John Daly brought to the mix from from coming yeah, in? Yeah, no, like even, it's just, you're saying, it, like, it's not that we hadn't got a, listen, it's as, it's football, like you know, yeah. these things happen in football. You, you know, your face didn't fit with him or whatever. No, yeah, yeah. Look at he. That's that's just it. Um, there's no bad blood. I don't. It's gone. It's in the past. Uh, it's 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 a part. And again, uh, it's a learning for for all of us. Um, but uh, no, I think looking at Pats this season, I think since John has has taken over, they've they've gone on a, a really good run. I think they've been like at the start of the season, I was sort of watching games, and I was like. I was just I was waiting on Chris to come up with something magic. That's how I thought. No, but that's yeah. why that's how I felt. That it was like, but they're, they're, they're flying now and playing really well. And I think he's still top scorer, is he? He is still yeah. top scorer. Yeah. yeah. No, I, the, but it's it's since John has come in, you can see that like the the difference in the the intensity in them. The, the, the they're gone on a good run. They've got sort of they've they've gone on a, a little bit. They've got momentum. Um, obviously it was disappointing the other night. Um, Your old pal getting up for the header as yeah. well. I mean, <laughs> talk about sort of uh, oh, yeah. feelings from the old gang, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I had a match actually. I wasn't at the game. I didn't see it. I had a match myself. So uh, I just went onto the phone straight away and I was one all when I had looked at it. And then next of all, my mate was at the match and he texted me, Paddy's at the score. And I was like, <laughs> but, uh, How much of a disaster would it be? you have yourself on Friday, yeah. sorry? You still, uh, still playing? Playing? I'm playing with Collinstown, yeah. So oh, we yeah. played, uh, who did we play? Castleknock, we beat them 1-0, so. Where are you playing? Centre-back. Centre-back. Are you enjoying yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's it's good crack. I always wanted to play with, with, with lads, you know, and just, like, we play on a Sunday morning, maybe, and go out with a couple of points after, and that's just... Do you train? Like, what's the... Yeah, so, it, like, it's hard to... Like last year, I played seven or eight games with them last year, um, and I was I was training all the time. But this year, obviously with the coaching and stuff, it's difficult enough to get there. I, I tried to get there at least once a week, um, and train, and then obviously play on a Sunday or a Friday evening. But uh, I'm enjoying. That's it. good. It's different and get like it's great. Probably great to have that different engagement. Yeah, with football. I, I, it's not I, your like you know you play badly. It's not a case of Jesus might get dropped and my contracts yeah. up or whatever. It's a yeah. different sort no, of gig, isn't it? It's yeah. No, listen, I, I love it. It's uh, I, I just go in. I don't I don't say much. I just go in, train, play. Don't open my mouth or say. Probably give a I few just, tips. No, uh, I just I just want to go out and enjoy it as far as and uh, don't want to be coming across as um, big bollocks as possible. <laughs> just just on, on Friday, um, because I think uh, I don't know the last week then we had like texts in about various uh, suggesting shells like where they are in the table versus Dundalk but that's result means the shells are four behind Pats and Pats aren't sure Europe at all so like how important is Europe because obviously the yeah. cup is very very lively still yeah, it's mad like you look the, the other day you're going people are saying like oh going to go for the league title here and then uh, then all of a sudden you get beaten and you're kind of it was always going to be in. a big weekend last yeah, weekend yeah you like. got brought back in to sort of are, are we going to get Europe now but um, <laughs> yeah. no it is it's massive for all clubs to, 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 to get Europe Um but uh, 
Okay, does there's, there's still what is it seven games to go? Is it seven games? Yeah, just while you're there, like what what's the vibe around the club like at the moment? Because the criticism we would have had, or I would have had a bit of Shamrock Rovers this season, and Dan spoke a lot about this that it was hard for say the likes of James Clark to break against Shamrock Rovers down the line because the senior team is so strong. But um, Tim Clancy and particularly even John Daly have really really invested in, in the young players, including in Europe. And it's great to see for me anyway. Yeah, no, the vibe around the club is brilliant. It's buzzing. You can see, obviously, the crowds, um, everybody, all the like, staff around the club, everybody's buzzing about it this season. Obviously, we're having, obviously, if we maybe had a better start, we, we'd probably be right up there again. Listen, we're still up there. We're still in with a fighting chance, I suppose. But um, no, it's, it, the young players are they're, they're phenomenal. They're, they're some talents, like, um, they're just... How good are they? Like Curtis Murphy, Amelia, like, like he's a man. Like he's yeah. a proper. Like he's seventeen, and he's like. I, so I looked at him against Danny Grant, and like he, he was unbelievable. Like Danny Grant has played in England. He's been really good. He's a, he's a, he's a good winger. He's direct. He gets at you. Like Michael Duffy again. Like he's he's. I'm not getting. No one's getting a sniff. What's his position, Burmo? Um, listen, I think he's I think he's doing really well right back. Um, obviously he, he came in as a centre back, but I think he's 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 doing really well right back. I think he's you can see he's you can see he's learning in terms of getting forward as well, and he's he's so strong. He's such a strong runner as well. You can see that his timing of runs now, and he's 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 so powerful. So look, he's obviously went in as a centre. He's, he's he's a centre back probably by trade, I suppose. But I think he's 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 turning into a really good right back. Um, as again, like he's so good defensively, so good one v one defending. But again, as I say, you can see, he's developing now. Obviously, they're, they're obviously working and stuff and training, or he's doing. Like, but he's learning. You can see, as like attacking, he's getting up the right. He's putting in crosses. He's 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 been really. He's been excellent. I think he's probably one of the best players for Pats this season. Yeah, Adam and Mason, then to name but two. Yeah, Adam. Um, Adams, he's obviously had trouble with injuries and stuff like that, but he's 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 been really good since he's come back, and he's another unbelievable talent. Mason, I remember Mason coming in training with us when I was there. I think he was fourteen at the time, um, and like he's again, he's like, what is he fifteen? <laughs> like he's a proper man. He's he's a young. Yeah. Obviously, he's, he's got a lot to learn and uh, stuff like that. But they're, they're phenomenal talents, and um, listen, they're going to have big futures. Did you did you play against Seven Ferguson at all? Because it's just. I think he played in the game we last game of the season. I think I, I think or around the last game of the season. Did he have a goal disallowed in that game yeah, or something? Yeah, which is so, always yeah. he, oh, yeah, he would have yeah. had the record. I think for yeah. younger scorer, yeah. which yeah. presumably Mason yeah. now is actually when you think about it, like some similar people, enough. Like, yeah. you can see that, like no, yeah. it's, it's a problem. It's a real problem like to do any sort of link there between like a kid of fifteen and but the the like, I'm going to the game. Like so, was on the radio Saturday. And then it was over at five, so it was on the way to Longford, and it was like, actually, we'll get in the commentary of the game. And by the time you arrive in Longford, it's half time, and you scored a hat trick, and you're like, is this, is this actually happening here? Yeah. Um, it is mad, though, when you yeah. think about it, because as an Ireland fan as well, like, um, and you're, you're, you're still sort of saying in your head, like, I don't want to burden anyone with too much expectation with Evan Ferguson, but it's just, it doesn't seem to matter to him anymore. Like, yeah. Uh, he's, he's like hat trick the weekend again. Like he's unbelievable. Yeah, like he's, yeah. And yeah. Like you think of Mason, like it goes short. Leave Ireland. But, but also, I think the more to the point, you see the grief that Bowes maybe got from some people mm. for having Ferguson around the fourteen. Mm-hmm. I think you have to trust that people know. I don't. Yeah. I don't think clubs are. Yeah, the parents. 
the coaches, the managers, mm. people around the cup, they know, like, listen, they're not going to throw a kid in if he's not ready or whatever. Like, they, they know he's physically ready. Like, and the league has changed with Hasn't as well. It's not like as much of a, there's not as much kicking and like, uh, when I started following, it was very, very aggressive. Like, and I think, I think that was a point Stephen Bradley would make as well. If you're bringing a young player in, you want to trust like the environment he's in in terms of the pitch so you're not going to get kicked out of the place. Like. Yeah, no, you can see it's more technical there. Mm. But obviously years ago, it would have been sort of a bit more rougher, I suppose. Um, but no, and it's, it's a younger, like the kids, like it's, it's 20 year old centre backs coming up against 21 year old centre forwards. It's not weird. It's like, you know, that's that's the way the league has gone, I suppose. Uh, whereas years ago, when I used force come in, like you're playing against proper men, like. Um, like Who are you talking about, actually? When I say when I, men, like I'd be going, like, say, the likes of, say, Neil Fenn, Glenn Crow, all them types of players. Um, like proper proper men you could come up against, you know, like, and even the centre backs were, 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 like, that was when I was at UCD, I suppose. And, we were the young, young enough team. You had obviously Tony Mack who would have been, <laughs> he was there for his whole career, but he was would have been the older lad, but just like proper men. Like. What was your favourite moment? If it's, I, I suppose the cup final, obviously, but what was your friend winning leagues and all that, but Europe, what was your favourite moment? Um, favourite game? Mark Ronaldo out of it, obviously. Uh, probably the Legio Warsaw game. Ah, uh, in in, uh, in Warsaw, League, yeah, yeah Warsaw that must was one all. Now, obviously, disappointing to concede late on. What a goal, Burma! heavily yeah. involved. <laughs> that's remember that goal, Dan? I do. Christy Fagan with the finish. Yeah, yeah that was Fats heavily involved. I think Pat's like in Europe. I think uh, like they've had a lot of great one-legged performances yeah, in that yeah. time. Mm. Just a couple. I think of it's when you go back and we have to go to up to Tala, like. I was at yeah. the, the game in Tala. Then I yeah. think any time you play in Richmond, like I always say, you fancy a chance against anybody in Richmond. Yeah, but um. I actually I just love the, how much buzzing the place is like uh, every time you go down there and it's such a great vibe and um, just loving it um, finally one last quest for me who was the best player you played with uh, Forrester yeah there I mean, we go like, the, you can imagine the, the head of a five aside team but listen people on Saturday can go along can Forrester play on Saturday is he able no, to do no well I'm not I don't know we'll try and you mean imagine the shame imagine the shame if he got oh listen got, got kicked or injured or yeah, something nah, nah, like that's yeah. The, yeah that's the yeah. that's the yeah, you but you want him like just if you no to just let him go ahead and do some skills or something yeah, for yeah. five minutes or something but listen um, Berma it's been great having you in no problem uh, I suppose congrats on your career I mean I suppose it's like uh, it's a long time since you've actually quit in the context of here but still I hope you have a great day on Saturday Thanks and you raise a lot of money yeah. for charity have, Johnny, have a look at pictures, very pictures. UCD Derry at the UCD Bowl uh, Wednesday. on Wednesday and in the first division all Friday Treaty Wexford Kerry Longford Bray Galway Finn Harts Waterford Saturday Cove host at Lone Town we'd like to thank Burma for coming in and um, yeah do turn up if you're at a loose end on Saturday we were in association with Future Ticketing um, Collar and Cuff Rascals Brewery and um, just texted uh, Brendan Clark there he said how did he get on and I sent uh, a photo of the three of us and he just replied solid <laughs> <laughs>